Hello, and welcome to the Banking Bonus Time podcast, produced and presented by the Community Bankers Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we have John Moeller and Barbie Housewright with us to discuss their webinar on current trends in cybercrime and payments fraud. John Moeller, a principal at CLA, is focused on serving the technology needs of financial institutions. Over the past 35 years, John has gained extensive experience developing strategic technology plans for financial institutions. He performs technology and vulnerability or risk assessments, control reviews, and information security and business continuity program development, implementation, training, and testing. John is a frequent speaker on information security, IT assessments, and strategy, CIO outsourcing, and managed IT services. He holds several professional certifications, including Certified Information Systems Security Professional, Certified Ethical Hacker, and EC Counsel, Certified Security Analyst. He received a Bachelor's in Information Technology from Kampala University. And we also have Barbie House right with us. Barbie is a cybersecurity manager in Clifton Larson Allen's St. Louis, Missouri office. She specializes in information security audit, compliance, and consulting for financial institutions. Barbie has over 20 years of combined financial industry, audit, and consulting experience. And with that, John and Barbie, thank you both so much for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you're both staying safe and healthy today. We are. Thanks, Rachel. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to have you guys. Well, um, if you two just want to dive right into it, I have a couple of questions for you regarding your webinar on cyber crime and payments fraud. Um, and so the first is, can you tell us uh, who can benefit the most from signing up for this webinar and why do they need this training? Why is it important to take it now? Yeah, so I'll I'll take that first and then let John fill in um, the gap. So any financial institution um, typically is going to be participating um, in digital um, payments um, to some degree. Um, so I think this, this webinar could be beneficial to just about any financial institution. Um, I think it's super important today because of the fact that we've seen an escalation in the utilization um, of digital payment platforms. Um, so, you know, closely um, related to that increase in activity, we also definitely are seeing trends um, related to the number of attack types um, and the aggressiveness of, of um, fraud activity with regards to these digital payment platforms, um, with any increase in activity, you would typically see that kind of an increase in activity. But in addition to that, um, this is a very monetized um, type of malicious activity. And so um, anytime there's there's the option to, to monetize, we, we see this kind of um, malicious activity and this type of um, fraud taking place. So, um, the rules have kind of changed a little bit for the game as well. Um, what used to be acceptable with regards to controls for um, protecting financial institutions from digital payment fraud, um, most of which was very um, manual monitoring processes and, and, you know, regular perhaps daily review of reporting to seek to identify anomalies. That's no longer um, you know, the acceptable protection measures it has to be much more, uh, it has to be much more automated. It has to be a much quicker response time. So 
I think as the controls change, you know, kind of responding to the the threat landscape, I think it's important for financial institutions to stay vigilant and educated about what types of controls they should be looking at to protect their institution um, and, and those that they serve as well. So I think that probably covers it for me, John. Anything that you would add? Yeah, I would, you know, I would add on top of that, the, you know, the trends that we're seeing around uh, losses from uh, different types of um, payment fraud, identity fraud, it's increased. Um, Typically, what we'll see is about a 15% increase. Um, Some recent uh, data from uh, 2019 um, estimated 16.9 billion and, and losses. So I think anybody that's associated with that from the financial institution uh, that's involved in um, online payment systems should uh, should attend. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for that. Um, and you guys kind of mentioned an increase, you know, recently. Um, and so my next question kind of has to do with COVID. Um, you know, even before it really hit hard, online payments were becoming increasingly popular. Um, and so with COVID in our world today, cyber payments are even more so um, important and, and growing in popularity. Um, but have you noticed um, there been any uh, increasing security issues that come with um, that increase of usage and, you know, necessity of having to implement um, cyber payments in this COVID world. That kind of goes back, Rachel, to what we talked about um, previously that, yeah, there's definitely been an increase in activity. A lot of that can be contributed to the pandemic. Um, and, you know, just the way that individuals do business has, has changed. Um, and the way that merchants do business has changed as well, because when we're looking at digital payments, we have to remember there's there's a couple of different aspects to that, um, and and merchants are very much involved as well because they're digitizing the way that they accept payments. Um, so across the board, anything transactional, uh, we're seeing um, an increase in that type of activity, and you know then obviously an increase in in attacks on that type of activity because again it can be monetized. Um, the sophistication and the frequency have increased with regards to the threats to, to digital payment systems. Um, and the other thing I think that is significant is that it's not geographically centric. It's very much um, a global escalation in risk. So, uh, you know, at, we're seeing it everywhere. It's not limited to a geography and it's not limited to any type, particular type of digital uh, transaction. It's really the entire digital payment um, infrastructure has, has seen a major increase in the type um, and, and frequency of um, attacks. And then kind of the last piece of your question, as far as controls go, um, from a controls perspective, the industry and financial institutions as a result have have really had no option but to be very reactive to what we're seeing happening. Um, And so I think that we're going to have to probably also see a major shift in uh, the proactivity of the industry to try to determine what's the next um, threat vector and and how can we try to get ahead of that and implement controls preliminarily um, rather than just trying to react to what's to what's happening and really, you know, just 
having to um, react to the threats and react to the fraud that is happening. Um, so I, I think that some resources and some development um, on the side of the of the controls is, is going to be very important um, for the industry as a whole and for obviously then for our financial institutions to start to try to address um, controls and address risk more proactively. Definitely. Um, and John, did yeah, you have can, anything to add? Sure. I can, I can add to that. So I, th I think there's a couple of trends that, that we've seen um, and, and probably has picked up steam, uh, if you will, during the, the COVID era here. So the first trend that we started to see prior to COVID was that the tactics were shifting away from card fraud. So card fraud continues to be a significant source of fraudulent activity, but the fraud operators, uh, we've seen that they're investing more in account takeover and new account fraud. And this isn't really a surprise because um, traditional credit and debit card fraud schemes have been um, slowed down or stymied as we've seen by the combination of transition to EMV, which is the global credit card payment standard uh, used to authenticate chip card transactions. So as we see more cards with chips on them, um, they will, um, you know, that's, that's making it harder for the fraudsters to commit uh, that type of um, fraud with a with a card. The other thing that we would see is the growth in P2P transaction is increasing risk to consumers. So that fraud um, between uh, 2016 and 2019 has increased around 733%. And that's information that comes from uh, PayPal, Venmo, uh, Bank of America, Zelle. So there's a lot of uh, different um, entities out there that are contributing to this. And, and that's something that we really don't see slowing down at all. So we think there's going to be new scams, new things that happen there. Wow, that's that's quite a percentage increase. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, something to look out for. Um, and so I, and you kind of mentioned, you know, look out for card fraud, you know, account takeover. Um, it's important to be proactive, but, um, you know, things are constantly changing, you know, new scams every day. Um, but do you have, I mean, you guys have been at this a while. Are there any ones that stick out to you as ones that you've seen often, um, just errors or mistakes that you've seen financial institutions making um, when it relates to these online payments? Hmm. Good Good question. I don't know, Barbie. I know I was going to take this one. <laughs> I don't know if I have a good answer <laughs> to that. Yeah. So. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Rachel, there are different um, types of, of the threats, and they, it can be categorized in so many different ways. There's just a vast um, number of, of types of attacks. But I think from a general perspective, it can be kind of broken into you know, buyer fraud, merchant fraud, and cybersecurity fraud, which we talked about a little bit during uh, the, the, the webinar. Um, you know, buyer fraud related to uh, the purchaser, um, merchant fraud related to an, an impact that is, you know, focused or um, uh, centered on, on, the, on the merchant. And then, of course, probably the one that I would say is the most significant right now is just cybersecurity fraud. Um, and that 
particular category is, um, you know, just fishing for, for, you know, the, the customers or the members, whatever the type of financial institution um, might be, um, you know, just really just different cyber attacks on, on those customers, whether it be through their email or if it's, you know, through websites or redirections and things like that. And so I think probably the, the biggest target is, is on that side of the transaction. And that's probably where financial institutions are the most accessible because they can develop controls internally um, within the financial institution, but they can't protect themselves or their members or customers um, from activity that happens while that member is out there shopping, whether it be on the web or even you know, using digital payments through mobile devices in store and that kind of thing. Um, so I know that's kind of a general answer to that question, but the truth is that the, the threats that they're facing right now are so, um, there are so many different ways that they can, they can be attacked that it's really difficult to just kind of narrow that down to a few. Definitely. Did Definitely, that answer yeah. the question or did I get off of <laughs> off the topic? <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a, a lot to look out for. And, and like you guys said, new scams every day. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, just to kind of finish out the day, guys, I wanted our listeners to get the chance um, to get to know the two of you a little bit better. So I was wondering if you each, um, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll ask Barbie first, and then maybe I'll ask John next, um, but what is your favorite part of your job? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, there are a lot of things that I really enjoy um, about what I do, but I, I think probably the, the piece that I hold nearest and dearest to my heart is, is just really um, focusing on the specific needs of our clients. Um, you know, in, in those being financial institutions, John and I are both FI focused. And so, um, uh, you know, there's helping to develop the programs, determining what their risks are, and then addressing those head on with, you know, development of controls, policies, procedures, and technical controls alike um, to help them to feel more confident and more secure in their endeavors. Um, that is just very rewarding for me. And, you know, working with different financial institutions at different asset levels and different complexities, it really does challenge me as well. And, and so that is, that is very, you know, keep, it keeps me honest, keeps me um, on my toes and, and just constantly learning about new things because, you know, being in IT and financial institutions, both from an, a technology and a, a compliance standpoint, really do have to stay on top of, of, you know, how things are changing and how we can best shape what we do to better help our clients to focus on security and, you know, keep them, keep them running as a business and, and help them feel confident and secure in, in those operations. Yeah, I love that. I, I love being able to work with the, with the folks who work at financial institutions. There's a sense of community and, and uh, caring there. And it's, it's really nice. I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And what about you, John? Um, what's your favorite part of your job? I, you know, I think over the years, um, and this still rings true today, it's, it's feeling like you're helping and making a difference with, with the client. So I think financial institutions look to us for answers and look to us to help educate them, but also take what, what is viewed as maybe, um, uh, complexity and, and just, you know, whether it's technical, whether it's regulatory, 
you know, whether it's trends in cybersecurity and kind of boil that down and explain it in a way that's easy to understand and is helpful. So I think um, that's one of the things I would say with myself and Barbie is just, you know, we passionately love serving our clients and, and uh, that knowledge transfer. And, and we learn from them as well. And so that's, that's been the, the piece that I've enjoyed the most is just that interaction and helping. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you guys both so much for sharing that. Um, well, just to kind of round out the day, I, I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about what Clifton Larson Allen has to offer. Sure. So at, at Clifton Larson Allen, or CLA as we're called, we we offer a lot of different services, but we're, but we're industry focused. So uh, Barbie and I both represent financial institutions and work within our industry group at CLA. Um, a lot of different things, whether it's from uh, contract advisory, um, loan review, audit, uh, technology audits, managed services, just really across the board, cybersecurity consulting. Um, there's a lot of different things that, that we offer, services that we offer from CLA. And I think the thing that um, I feel like makes us unique is we have um, professionals that come from industry and professionals that have served this industry for a long time. And so it's not just the technical expertise that we bring to the table, but it's, it's fusing that with the real world uh, experiences that a uh, financial institution would have. And I, and I think those are some of the things that, that we offer and just offer it in a unique way. Um, Barbie, what about you? What do you see uh, from a standpoint of what CLA has to offer? Yeah, so I I would um, echo what John said, but I think another thing that I would just kind of layer on top of that is we really do run the gamut. So, you know, we offer audit um, services where we can come in and review um, the environment and determine, you know, what are the what are the areas where there are deficiencies that maybe need to be addressed. Um, and then we, on the back side of that, and I'm being very general, um, you know, we have consultants that if the financial institution receives that list of recommendations from our audit side, they have consultants that come in and they can help them to actually remediate those issues that are identified. So, you know, we're an, we're an organization that um, we we can we can help from start to finish. We can determine what the issues are. We can come in and help to address the issues. And then one of the things that John touched on was um, EMS or enhanced managed services. So if an organization is really just struggling and not able to continue to administer um, the network internally, we can also come in and provide technical support with things like patch management, firewall management, and that kind of thing. So I think just what I would I would like to layer on that is you know there's there's very little that we can't support and assist with from an IT perspective for our financial institutions. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for that brief little uh, overview of what you guys have to offer, and and really so much more. Uh, like you said, you really run the gambit, and there's a lot you guys have to offer. So thank you for that. Um, and and John and Barbie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and do this podcast today. To all our listeners out there, you can purchase Barbie and John's webinar, Current Trends in Cybercrime and Payments Fraud, at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at financialadinc.com. Please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the uh, Community Bankers Webinar Network pages. Before I sign off, I'd like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all you do to support your customers. Thank you for listening in.